Welcome back to Living in the Way. You've got Todd and Chris with you again, and uh, great to have you with us uh, again, Chris. Uh, Chris and his wife Jess and family have been doing a whole bunch of work in Thailand, and uh, uh, when we're recording this, uh, they've they've just got back to Bendigo and. Uh, they've been back here for a, a few days now. What are we, about five or six days oh, back? Oh, yeah, four and, or five days, I think. I can't yeah, remember. And uh, and here we are, straight into doing yep. stuff together. It's, that's how we roll. Oh, I love it. <laughs> love it. Yeah, we're just home for Christmas, uh, come back after a year on the field to just refresh and see the family and friends and, and, of course, catch up with our spiritual family and be completely filled up again so that we can go out on the field and empty ourselves once more next year. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. So here we are with session two, and we're, we're talking about water baptism. Now, in our last session, we read what Peter said uh, at the, uh, the day of Pentecost, where he said, repent and be baptized. And there's this idea throughout Scripture that the response to uh, choosing to follow Christ is to, as uh, soon as practical, I guess, mm. Uh, to be baptized. And I, I think one of the things is that in the culture that Peter and the apostles and even people throughout the world in that time, uh, water baptism meant something really powerful and was really part of the culture of the day. Not yeah. so much now. No. They did, they, they clearly used this as a way to recall and encapsulate what they just witnessed Jesus going through, his death and him being pulled down off the cross and buried in a tomb and then having him come out again, which just shocked shocked them. Like it stunned them that he could do that. Even after he told them that yeah. that's what was going to happen, they clearly didn't get it until they saw it happen. Yeah. And so now we see baptism. Now there's all sorts of cultural uh, man-made ideas around baptism. People might be thinking, oh, didn't I get baptized when I was a baby? I remember hearing mm. that from mum. Or, you know, what we're talking about here is just what it says in the Bible, which is full immersion baptism by your own volition, of your own choice. Yeah. And that's really what we're talking about when we say baptism. And, and this, Sorry, you go. No, I was just going to say this is clearly something that the early church were very, very big on as a, a, a response to the inward change that they just experienced by having the Spirit of God come and live in them. And I think it's really important to uh, to understand and appreciate that this is a big deal. Yeah. You know, like God takes water baptism really seriously. Yes. We do too. And while there is uh, a, a real urgency and uh, a strong desire for me to see you get water baptized, right? So I, as you're listening to this, I don't know if you've been water baptized yet or uh, whether you have or you haven't, what I do want you to do is understand the magnitude of what this this act stands for, mm. uh, because it's uh, it's like taking a vow. It's it's like a it's like marriage vows, absolutely or something like that. It, mm. And I, I I just want you to appreciate the the depth and the magnitude of what this this step means. So that when you do it, if you haven't already, that you fully appreciate it. And if, if you have done it, that you understand completely the step that you've taken. So 
Uh, we're going to have a look at a few scriptures around water baptism and learn what the Bible has to say about it. What about your baptism, Chris? Do you want to tell us a little bit about when you got baptised? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think I waited maybe two years after I got saved. Uh, it took me that long to get to get to these kind of scriptures and, and realise, oh, this is, this is something I should do. Mm. And, but once I'd started to read it for myself and unpack it, God, the, the Holy Spirit inside me immediately gave me the sense that I want to do this now. I want to do this. Mm. And I couldn't explain why. I didn't really get the significance or importance of it. But I had by that stage already learned a little bit about obedience. And so when God tells me to do something, I just do it first. And I've got a saying in my life now, it's obedience first, understanding later. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and it just it serves me really well because when it comes to the Lord, um, His ways are higher than my ways. I can't expect to understand everything He's doing, but I can often look back and see how it worked yeah. after the fact. Okay, so I just went ahead and organized it. I got all my family and friends at home and we got a blow-up swimming pool and just chucked it in the backyard, filled it with freezing cold water, and then you dunked me under the water and then I got up and then everyone clapped and we had a sausage sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, so so I did it about two years after actually getting saved. It, that's how long it took me to get to the point where I realized in my mind, oh, I should have done this right back at the start. Yeah. Uh, but God didn't mind. He lets me go on that journey and he, um, he brought it to me when he was ready to bring it to me and I responded uh, appropriately. I really like what you said there. And I think that uh, for those that are listening, the idea of obedience first, understanding later, that's actually really good. Yeah. I, I think that that's something to, to really latch on to. And so if you're listening and if you're wondering, is water baptism for me? The answer is yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah very much so. And, and we want to encourage you to do it. And uh, I don't want you going in blind, but don't feel that you have to fully and completely understand it. What you need to know is that there is an expectation on you as a believer to be baptised. And we're going to go have a look at some scriptures yep. around that. So let's have a look at the first one, which is when Jesus got baptised. Mm. Uh, Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. And uh, I'll let you read it, Chris. I've just got to find it first. No, I've got the sheet up, but I can't find the verse. Oh, that's all right. Well, that's I'll, okay. You read it out for I'll this one. I'll try and catch one. up to where we're at. Sure. So Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. That is John the Baptist. But John tried to talk him out of it. He said, I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So the, the first thing that we're seeing in this is that Jesus 
Jesus himself was saying, I have to do this mm. because it's required of me. Yep. Right? So the, the first response is that we're, we're seeing here is one of simple obedience, yes. just like you said, that, that having realized that this was required of you, the way that you were willing to jump in and <laughs> jump in, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and, and do that, do this act of being baptized. This is the same thing that Jesus was doing. This is required of me by God. I'm going to do it. And uh, as, as a simple act of obedience, water baptism is one of those steps that uh, every believer should undertake. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that we see right throughout the New Testament, especially when you start reading the book of Acts, and the book of Acts is kind of like the action adventure uh, <laughs> in, in the New Testament. Uh, it's the story of what happened after Jesus uh, went to heaven and the disciples are sent out into the world to proclaim the message of the gospel. And we get to hear all the adventures that happened to them along the oh, way. And crazy good stuff. I love yeah, the book of Acts. Just like Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's, it's full of danger, you know, because yes. adventure doesn't happen without danger. No, that's right. And and I, I just want to say to you as a new believer, your life is now one of amazing <laughs> adventure. But as I said, with, with adventure, there does come danger. There's risk. There is. Yeah. There is risk. It's a great risk. It's, it, we, we are backed up yeah. with, with the joy of knowing that whatever happens in this life, one day we are going to be with Jesus. Yep. So we, we want to just encourage you that, that life is going to be an adventure. There's no doubt about that. And there'll be some risk and there'll be some danger. And we see a great example of that through the book of Acts. Yeah. Uh, so in Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 40, we see some uh, some believers being baptised here. Yeah, okay, I'll read this one out. I've found where I'm up to in the notes. Sorry about that. <laughs> so verse 26 to 40, as for, as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to hey, Gaza. Hey, who's Philip? Who's Philip? Yeah. One of the uh, one of the disciples from the New Testament church. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So the background on this is that he's <laughs> he's off praying, and and he's just you know going about his business. He's spending time with the Lord, and in the middle of that, an angel appears to him and says, "I want you to start going down this road." Yeah. So that's that's just to give you some context of what's happening in this story. Yep. So the angel says, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he gave him which street to walk down. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Look how specific these instructions are. It's fantastic. <laughs> Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, here is just a, a wonderful example of, of what we're, we're living in in our life in Christ. Is uh, it, you might be listening and going, you know, there's stuff that people are talking about and I don't get it. Yep. Right. Well, here's this guy. He's a powerful guy. 
and he's reading from the book of Isaiah, and he's going, I, I don't get this. How mm. am I going to know what I'm, what this is on about unless someone instructs me? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just buttoning in here to yep. say that, you know, as, as a new believer, allow people to instruct you. Ask mm. questions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ask questions. Remember, you're not here to just sit there and have things spoon-fed to you. That's, that's what television's for. <laughs> you're here to engage and relate with people. Think God gets no greater pleasure than from seeing all of his children getting along with each other mm. and living life together. That's what he wants. What any father wants for his family. Dads are the happiest when their kids are just running around together, being themselves, being happy and working together. So let's pick it up again. So the man replied, the eunuch replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And then he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this very scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Wow. I know, that's great, isn't it? Starting from right where he was at, because every page in the Bible points to Jesus. Mm. It doesn't matter where someone's at with it. You can take that page and, and within two sentences, you can be at the cross with can, the Lord. Can you imagine being Philip? Oh, man. It's like, is this the easiest gig or what? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about being handed to him on a silver carriage. <laughs> so good. That's- so good. So he told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, we're up to verse 36 now. As they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. See, the thing that I love about this is for this eunuch, he's hearing the message of Jesus for the first time. And his response is not to pray a prayer. I mean, that's the thing. We don't see anything in this story that would suggest that the eunuch like got down on his knees and prayed a sinner's sinner's prayer prayer or or something like like that. that. The way that he responded to the message of Jesus and and was going to evidence that he had accepted this was, I'm going to declare a transition in my life here. I'm going to make publicly in front of... In front of all the people that are traveling with me, or, or you yeah. know, all the entourage, who are all his subordinates, yeah, because he's the chief eunuch of the queen. Yeah, so all these people that are working with him would be his lackeys to order around. Yeah, and so in front of them, he he humbled himself yeah. and went into this this. And let's face it, it wouldn't have been some nice clean water. I mean, we're talking <laughs> about a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> on the side of the yes, road. The first body of water he spotted after having Philip explain the good news to him. Yeah. And and he humbles himself. He goes into this as a as a sign of what's taking place within his spirit. I also love the fact that in this scripture, Holy Spirit is, you know, Holy Spirit was the one that told Philip to go down that road. He knew the eunuch was coming. He knew they'd mm. meet up. He knew mm. they would have this conversation. And so Holy Spirit also knew that he was going to let Philip go and minister to this man and then 
teleport him out of there because he needed him in Caesarea. Yeah. But Holy Spirit waited until he baptized him. Yes. How important is it to God? Important enough for God to send Philip down that road, let him witness to the man bringing the good news of Jesus, wait for him to be baptized. Now, this eunuch would have had tons of questions after this. He would have had more discipling to be done. He's a brand new Christian. Yeah. But God said, no, no, no. All I needed Philip to do was be there for the conversion and the baptism. Yeah. This Ethiopian's right now. He's on his way. He'll, he'll, I'll find other people to disciple him and yeah. then he can snatch Philip away and take him to where he wanted. Yeah, so is him. baptism important for God? Yes, it is important for him enough, important enough for him to leave Philip there to do it and then take him out of the scene. That's great because if it wasn't important, he could have taken him yeah. after he had, he had accepted Christ. Christ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. All right. So we're going to have a look at another scripture now. Acts chapter 16. Uh, verse 30 to 33. Okay. So where we are now, we're, uh, what are we, Paul and Cyrus? No, this is Acts 16. Where are we? He brought, okay, so then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Ah, oh, yeah, I know where we are. Yeah, this is the Philippian jailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him. And with all who lived in his household, even at the hour, even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. Yeah. So the the story is, as you said, Paul and Silas, and they've been put in jail for preaching the gospel. Uh, remember how we were saying about risk and danger. <laughs> <laughs> but look at even look at, look, at, look at their response to being put in jail in the middle of the night at midnight. Everyone, all the other whiz- prisoners are whinging and these two are sitting there singing praises to God. Yeah. So then there's an earthquake mm. and the earthquake is sent by the Holy Spirit to free them. Yep. And uh, the, the jailer is freaking out. Because <laughs> as a Roman jailer, the thing is, is that, that if people escape. Yeah. He pays for it with his life. That's yeah. right. Yeah. become the, the payment for those lost prisoners. But when he starts to realise what's, what's actually happening here, he recognises that this is the one true God of yep. And he makes this statement, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And the response from Paul was, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And that's the thing, believe in Jesus. Mm. You know, that's to believe in Jesus is is saying that your whole mindset towards him is shifted, that you, yep. you, have, you have decided that everything, even if you don't fully understand it, it must be true because it's him. And that's always evidenced, and it's evidenced perfectly here in verse 30 when the man, the jailer, says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, we see, we're talking about a jailer who's in charge of prisoners. Now, when has a jailer ever called a prisoner sir, first yes. of all? Yes, yeah, okay. exactly. Second of all, he has such an immediate change of heart. He hears and sees what happens when these two guys who are clearly followers of Jesus get locked up. Then he sees them singing praises to the Lord. There's a miracle. The ground shakes. The cell doors fly open, which are all securely locked. And he's mm. checked it himself because it's his, his, his bag. His yeah. job, yeah. yeah. And then these men come out and suddenly he has had such an internal witness of the power of God. Yeah. He immediately changes his attitude and calls them sir and then says, what must I do to end up like you guys are? Yeah. And that right there is just so powerful because he didn't sit there and say, oh, but hang on, I thought the earth was millions of years old and we evolved from the goo to the zoo to you. Like <laughs> he didn't have, he just had an internal experience, an encounter with God for himself. So good. 
and he's immediately shifted. His whole mindset has changed now. Yeah. That wasn't thinking his way to Christ. That was experiencing his way to the Father God that created him in the first place. And the response is immediate. Immediate. And it's the absolute. middle of the night. Yep. <laughs> the middle of the night. Yep. And yet they choose to be baptized. Yeah. So baptism is both symbolic and a powerful spiritual transformation. And Romans, we mentioned Romans earlier in, in the previous session. And I, I said that it, that if you want to understand this whole new creation business, have a look at Romans. Well, we're going to have a look at one of the scriptures that, that really kind of bangs this home. Uh, and so we're looking at Romans chapter 6, yes. verse 1 to 14. Okay. This is Paul in the middle of his greatest treatise on the Christian faith ever. I love Romans. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Mm. Notice the past tense there, died to sin. Yeah. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? All again, past tense. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. Don't let sin control the way you live. Don't give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have been given new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Wow. Oh, wow, I'm having revival in my chair right now just yeah. reading that. Love it. <laughs> so so good. Uh, there's a number of things. Oh, that, there's a hundred thousand things in this. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we could we could spend hours. Sit here for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. But... The key things that we want you to walk away with from that scripture is, first of all, we are literally dead to sin. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. You know, I'm watching our clock, but um, the the thing is, is that sin no longer is now coming up and out of you. Yes. It's on the outside trying to affect you. Trying to get back in. So you might go, oh, well, I feel like it's coming from the inside. That's just the enemy. He knows how to push your buttons. Yep. All right. But you are now dead to sin. And we know that because when we you go through the waters of baptism, and whether you've done this yet or not, this is what it's going to be like, is that you were buried with Christ. Yep. And so your old self is buried through that act. right? And this is why it's so powerful. There's mm. a spiritual dynamic that takes place. It's not just a physical act no. that takes place when you are baptized. There is... Because we are triune beings. The spirit-soul-body thing, yeah. The, the physical act 
causes a spiritual dynamic. Yes. So what happens when we are water baptized is that our old self is buried with Christ through that act. And when we come up out of the water, we are raised from the dead to a new life in him. It reminds me of that verse, whatever is whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We bind ourselves physically. We bind the spirit of death mm. that's been over us when we go up under the water. So that gets bound in the spiritual realm of heaven. Yeah. And we loose ourselves free from that in Christ Jesus. And that gets loosed in the spiritual realm as well. So by doing this, sin has been done away with and it's rendered powerless to us. And that's that's the thing is that we we are empowered by the Holy Spirit that we no longer have to yield to sin. You see yeah. before you came to Christ you had no choice but to but sin. To sin, that's right. Because you were ruled by it. Mm-hmm. But now it does not rule you. You have the choice and the power to not have to yield to that thing any longer. Yeah. And so that that's why it talks about us being a slave to sin. Yeah. Sin says, I, I want you to fall into this addiction. And we have to say, yes, sir. Yeah. I I I have to I have to do this because I'm a slave. But now the enemy comes and and he says, I, I demand of you. To, to enact this, this sin or this rebellion against God. And we can say, no. No. <laughs> and we are, we are empowered to yep. do that. And water baptism is literally a, a spiritual dynamic that when we step into, there is an empowering into the righteousness of Christ that takes place by going through this act. Mm. So in baptism, we identify and take part in Jesus' death and resurrection. And by doing so, we're joined to the power of his resurrection, Yes, which comes through the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So let's have a look now at Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. Whoa, isn't Whoa. that fantastic? That's great. So just like putting on new clothes, it's changed now. You know, I, it's the thing. I love I love putting on new clothes. Like you put it on, you hey, look at that. It's yeah. looking good, right? And that's the thing is that you're looking good, right? You've put on Christ. Mm-hmm. You're looking good. The Holy, The way God looks at you now. Yeah, that's right. Because of the blood of Christ, he doesn't see a sinful being. He sees a son of God. Yes, he sees the righteousness that Christ was or is. So there's no need to feel shame or guilt for your past life any longer. God the Father literally doesn't see that. That's right. He sees a son. He sees someone who is just like Jesus. He goes, look at this kid. He looks just like Jesus. He must be one of my sons. <laughs> that's it. So we can, that's why it says that we can come boldly mm-hmm. before the throne of grace is because we look just like Jesus to God the Father. Isn't that wonderful? It's news? great because it's all about identity, isn't it? 
identity is everything. If you were to walk into a courtroom, you'd be intimidated by that courtroom. Yeah. But if you were to walk into a courtroom where you knew the judge was your father, you'd be quite comfortable there. Absolutely. You just walk in and walk around. You're like, that guy's my dad. It's okay. I belong here. Exactly. And that's who we are now. We are sons of God. Absolutely. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Wow. So there we have, again, Paul saying that you are you are raised to a new life. This is a real, yes. literal yes. new life new that you life. were raised to. You might go, but I'm, I'm still the same person. Yes, you are, but no, you're not. Hmm. There is a, a spiritual dynamic that takes place through this act. So... How does one get baptized? Um, obviously, Chris, you've been baptized, uh-huh. but um, you know what's the what's what's the process? What you know, like for for you, you've seen a few. What what? Do, how would you describe it to the person who's listening now? What should they expect? What you should expect is to watch someone disappear under the water and then come up again. In short, that's what happens, right? Yeah. The general, the general way we tend to do it in our culture today is we we tell a bunch of people to come with us either to a, a pond or a lake or a swimming pool or a church service. Because this is wherever. the public confession. This is the public bit. side of it, where you gather yeah. the people that you love the most. You want them to be witness to this event, just like you would at a wedding. Yeah. You wouldn't have a wedding without the people you love there. Occasionally, it happens, but for most people, it's like I'm going to plan this so that everyone that I want who's a part of my life, gets to witness this and be there to celebrate it with me. Yeah. That's generally what it looks like. I mean, we don't withhold from anyone who who says, I, I just want to be baptised yeah. now. Like the Ethiopian, you know, well, here's water. Can, can we just do it now? Of course we're going to say yes. Yep. But we also see that there's a wonderful power in demonstrating this and letting others see it. Yeah. And so I've experienced both sides of that. I've had, um, so, uh, I've had people that have... That I've had baptized, that I've been asked to baptize, where I've we've gathered them all together in a lake or whatever barbecue, and everyone gets together, and then we go into the water, and um, I'll pray for them, and then drop them down and lift them up again, you know, and that's their baptism. Other people have just in the moment said, "Oh, you know, a friend of mine gave his heart to the to the Lord about eleven o'clock in the morning, and about seven o'clock that night we were back at my place then, and he we filled the bath and dunked him in the bathtub, and there was only three of us there. Yeah, but he had to do it straight away." And his, his rationality was, in for a penny, in for a pound. Let's do it all. Yeah. So we had him saved, we baptised him, and we prayed the Holy Spirit into him all in that one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, yeah. So uh, something that um, people might discuss is, um, you know, as you've said, from, from doing it in the bath with three people to making it a big event, um, and also who they might want to have baptised them. Yeah. You know, um, not that it, it matters, but, uh, you know, like any special event in your life, sometimes there's people that you want to share it with. Absolutely. Um, it's, like, it's, it's just like a wedding. You know, the bride chooses who she wants to walk her down the aisle. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't affect the proceedings. It doesn't change the legalities at all. But it's something that she wants because this is something that's important to her. Yeah, that's right? really well said. So uh, usually we will say something as part of the process of, you know, as, as we put them under the water, uh, we will say something like on the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
die with Christ. Yes. <laughs> right? And then under the water. And, you know, this, this is something that I, I didn't do this with you, but in more recent times with the, the people that I baptize, mm-hmm. I encourage them that when you go under the water, don't just go under and come straight up again. Yeah. Go down and stay down. Yep. And, and be there for a moment. Yeah. And experience your death in Christ. Yeah, that's good. Right? To just, yeah. just take a moment while you, cause you can hold your breath. Yeah. You know, right? So three, so, three, five seconds is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, you know, take a moment just under the water to, to say to God, this is it, God. Yes. I am, I am dying with Christ. When I come up, I am coming up. A new creature in you. That's good. I'm going to start doing that. I love the way that sounds. And so it's die with Christ. Yes. And then be born again. Be born. Live again. Yeah. And then as as they come up out of the water, I I like to say now, rise with Christ. Rise with Christ. That's good. So um, that's, you know, for for you, if you haven't been baptized yet, I encourage you to do that. So uh, do you feel ready to be baptized? How do you want to do it? Uh, start thinking about those questions and, and how you want to answer it. I just want to close in prayer. Lord, for the, the person who's listening today, I pray that, that if they have not yet done this, this act of being baptized, that Lord, that they would take the opportunity to do it quickly, to expedite it. Lord, that they wouldn't hesitate, but just as when you walk this earth, you were faithful to be obedient, to do what was required of them. Lord, I pray that they would do the same. Lord, that, that yes, this is a, a, an act of laying down one's life and dying to self. Lord, I pray that for everyone who is listening, that they would be willing to put their life down and lay hold of the new life that they have in you. Lord, I declare new creatures mm, to be born today. Jesus said. Amen. Amen. Bless you. We'll see you in the next session. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.